Hello, welcome back to Culture Cast with Dr. Daniel Almonte. And I want to do a podcast today on a movement in the art world and the world of literature and poetry, um, also philosophy, known as surrealism. And I was actually in Mexico City this past week. Got a chance to see uh, El Museo de Bellas Artes. It's a, a museum of beautiful art. And uh, it had an exhibit on uh, surrealism. And I saw some works by Salvador Dali and uh, Andre Breton uh, is one of the key theorists of the movement. It's kind of a disturbing movement. It explores the irrational. It is a reaction against enlightenment uh, reason. So there was a... Uh, revolt in the 18th century against the tradition and the faith uh, of Europe and uh, an exaltation of human reason and the belief that through reason we could make scientific progress and we could um, not accept the superstitions, they thought, of, of faith and the dogmas of faith, but think, think freely and to, and to use empiricism and and um, the scientific method to advance our knowledge. Well, this was not satisfactory, but they did not return to uh, faith. It did not satisfy the, the whole person. You know, we, we crave not just uh, empirical reason and common sense, but um, transcendence. We also seek uh, spiritual depth and what surrealism did was try to offer humanity a way to explore um, the transcendent, what is irrational, what is beyond uh, what we can know and what we can um, capture with our, with our intellects. So in this movement, there's a desire to transcend the visible world. And so you see this in paintings, for instance, by... Giorgio di Chirico, an Italian uh, painter. And in the painting that I'm referring to, there's a male torso. Uh, it's like a cut-off body, right? So it's very dreamlike. They want to explore dreams. They're trying to escape the world of everyday objects and logic and to go into this world of dreams and the irrational. And so there's a, just a torso without, a, without legs, uh, without, without a lower body. And... The torso has its eyes closed. So the, the, the closed eyes are suggesting that it's not looking out in the world. It's going inward into an inner world of dreams, of, of, of escape. And so it's, again, leaving the everyday world. Looking beyond the physical world, it is a spiritual movement. Some of these people were interested in seances. They wanted to um, connect with the dead. They wanted to, um, you know, transcend the, vis- the visible world. And so uh, it is a spiritual movement, but again, they did not want to also to embrace traditional religion. In fact, they had some very uh, exploratory sexual practices where they just cast aside uh, the norms of sexuality, of chastity that we adhere to in religion. So... Um, the surrealist movement 
is a rebellion against any kind of, of system. Uh, you don't want to have a, a rigid theory. You want to be able to explore freely. Just let your imagination and your, your, your capacity for reverie and dream to just uh, unroll freely. The Enlightenment reason is based upon distinctions. So it's very methodical, very cold, and it, it, it works through problems in a way that is uh, very evidence-based. And so it, it distinguishes between art and non-art. So Enlightenment reason says, okay, this is art, and that's non-art. Well, surrealism is going to try to blend the two. It's going to try to erase, it, erase that distinction between what is, okay, this is really art. Now over here, what you're doing here, that's not art. Surrealism, as we'll see, erases that distinction. Also between genius and hack. So you have a definition of genius as, as exclusive and as involving um, special talents. And then you have the hack. You have the ordinary person just trying to make a living. You have truth distinguished from falsehood. All right? Now, Enlightenment Reason has things in a very orderly um, and methodical system of classification. Well, the Surrealist movement blends them. Right? Truth and falsehood are no longer seen as dichotomous. We're going to see more of that, especially with dreams. Uh, the idea of psychic automatism. This is coming from Breton, the French theorist who was a poet. He was a, turning to be a psychiatrist. And these people were very impacted by the uh, First World War. Uh, we don't talk about it as much. It was truly horrible. And uh, they were exposed to poison gas in Germany. Uh, their, their view of the world was, was shattered. And so they, they had this method called psychic automatism, where the goal is to try to access your raw thought. They were very influenced by Freud. They wanted to tap into the unconscious. And they wanted to get beyond the everyday logical conscious mind. So what they did was they just kind of let themselves flow. It's this auto automatic writing. It's like just, it's like a Ouija board, right? Where you're letting the so-called spirits guide your, your hands. It's, it's, it's just letting the raw thought flow out. Tapping into just your raw being. It's not filtered by any kind of conscious control by, by, the, by the super ego or the ego. It's just the raw id. All right? So you can, rep you can express your rep repressed memories, what your conscious mind is hiding from you. You can, you can let it come out. And that's why you get these very bizarre um, dreamscapes. Think of like a Salvador Dali or a, uh, a, uh, it's one of these weird paintings where it's, 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 it's like from a dream. It's all just random stuff put together. Uh, it's not realistic. That's part of the automatism where the, the, the artist is, or the poet is just letting things come out in a very almost childlike way. Okay, and what they do through this is to create an alternative network. They want us to, to rethink our whole sis, system of meaning, uh, a network of signs and meanings that take away what is conventional and we replace it with something that is fresh and new. So 
For instance, we get like a winged dog, all right, a dog with wings. Uh, this is all the rebellion against this uh, stultifying realism where things are very logical, things are very regular, and, and, and the Enlightenment stresses laws of nature, the knowability of nature, our ability to gain scientific mastery over nature. This is all um, challenged, and it's, you know, they target specifically St. Thomas Aquinas, the great um, thinker of medieval Catholic Europe, and they want to get rid of this. Like I said, it's not about going back to traditional faith, even though faith is beyond reason. Uh, it's about actually exploring something darker uh, and uh, a very profound rebellion that begins with what's this movement called Dadaism. Okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, they see this figure of Aquinas as blocking any kind of intellectual and moral advancement. We have to be able to liberate ourselves from this um, overly strict, rational way of thinking. And the key thinker is, is Freud. To get us beyond logic, we need to explore dreams. That's what Freud teaches us. We must go beyond the conscious mind, what we're aware of, to what we're not aware of. The tremendous um, drives and motivations that are repressed they're not conscious, and we explore them through dreams. We, um, so dreams are not false. Remember I said truth and falsehood are no longer uh, distinct. We are blending them. So the dream is actually kind of truth, even though it's so cut off from everyday life. All right, so the dream traditionally is a mere parenthesis, they say. It's a mere parenthesis. It's this mere... Uh, interruption that is not really central to our, our our preoccupations of daily life, but no, we must overcome the conscious rhythm of thought. We must get past this idea that our the conscious mind has a prerogative of truth. The dream is just as good, if not better, at solving the questions of life. So dreams will give us um, insight. So dream and reality are not contradictory. The dream is not this uh, false parenthesis, this, this temporary interruption that distracts us. No, we have to merge dreams and waking life. That's how we get surrealism. Sur surreality is a combination of dreams and reality. So it's this higher synthesis of dreams and reality to get surreality. Only the marvelous is beautiful. That's what Breton says. It's the marvelous, the, 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 the very bizarre and, and strange imagery. I'm sure you've all seen the surrealist images. Uh, that is what is marvelous. Uh, so they have a monologue where the monologue just flows. There are no critical faculties. There are no aesthetic or moral concerns inhibiting you. The idea is that thought itself, that this flows freely, is infallible. It's going to tell you something very profound and authentic about who you are. It's not going to be filtered by these aesthetic and moral concerns. And so the, the, the futurist and the surrealist, they initiate this movement that seeks to do away with the museums and the libraries. 
Get rid of all that. It's holding you back. It's the conscious mind setting rules for you. We have to get rid of all rules. All right? This is a kind of anti-art. They want to, to destroy tradition. They hate the social order that led to World War I. It's a failed order. Okay? And so it's a nihilism. A nihilism meaning nothing. Nikhil in Latin meaning nothing. They want to erase the past and start over from what was previously perceived as falsity, the dreams, when in fact it is logic that is tying up the mind. Logic is creating the complication. We should just have these collages where we just find a bunch of words from a paper and cut them up and then just throw them together in this random collage. That's what a poem is. And in art, we just find stuff, find what's called ready-made. It's called found art. And we just find stuff that we just throw together and we just call it art. And that's what art is. It's just what we call it art. Okay? It's not something that we have to use genius to, to, to produce and, and refer to all these old literary uh, myths, like the Greek myths in, in neoclassical art, where you see like Cupid and, and Narcissus and, and Jason the Argonauts the golden fleece, all that. No, it's now just finding random stuff. Like even look at a urinal. This is what, this is what Duchamp did. He just found this urinal and said, okay, now this, this is art now. This is all about fighting tradition and reinventing art. Okay? And so, um, you know, this, this is uh, a way to avoid just blind replication of nature. Don't just replicate nature. You have to use your imagination to, to, to let things that are dreamlike emerge and to create a new reality, a new revolutionary reality that will uh, make logic irrelevant. Logic is only for things of secondary importance. We can really get to the heart of existence through the dream. Okay? So like I said, I saw this exhibit at El Museo de, de Bellas Artes in Mexico City. And uh, it was very, uh, very interesting, but also, um, like I said, somewhat disturbing um, because it, it, it challenges our sense of order. It challenges our sense of, of distinctions which we, by which we separate right and wrong, um, true and false. This is how we organize society. What happens when we, when we let in these anarchical impulses okay it, it, it's it's undermining um undermining uh our, the our, the mind's order so i do find it somewhat disturbing I don't, I don't like this movement um although it's philosophically rich and um but it, it explores chance it explores the world of dreams it explores perversion okay um and so it's, it's undermining the uh, aspiration to order and, um, and the understanding of beauty. Beauty is, is part of order, part of beauty is proportion, right? But this, this whole movement undermines the idea that beauty is a proportion and involves a ratio. Beauty involves ratio, meaning has reason. Beauty is structure. Um, well, for the surrealist, they seek to undermine all structure and to 
uh, embrace the unconscious. So order and distinctions and, and right and wrong, good and bad are part of the conscious mind making uh, categories. But the unconscious mind uh, has these uh, dark impulses that maybe um, erase the distinction between good and bad, right and wrong, and embrace what is wrong uh, because it's repressed by the conscious mind. All right, so hope you enjoyed today's quick podcast. Uh, it's a quick rundown. It'll, it'll hopefully inspire you to, to learn more and to probe more into the fascinating area of surrealism. So thank you, and I hope you're having a good summer and you're staying cool and uh, looking forward to getting back to school and to uh, more learning.